Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. And of course, you gotta sprinkle some pixie dust around and think that happiest thought so you can fly away with me to Neverland. Why would you want to fly with me to Neverland? Well, let me tell you something, little secret. I'm Head Lost Boy, okay? That makes me the Pan, and I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so you can call me the Spider-Pan, because all of us Lost Boys around here have to have nicknames, as well as our Pixies all have nicknames. And we don't have any Lost Girls, because girls are too clever, they don't get lost. And if you would like to be an official Lost Boy or Pixie, make sure you visit NeverlandPodcast.com. Click on the link that says Neverlanders there in the menu, and that's where you can go and sign up and choose a nickname. In fact, we have a brand new Neverlander this week. So everybody, please welcome... DJ Man Cub. Uh, this is actually a guy I know. Uh, we did a radio talent systems thing. You know, I've mentioned this before. And he was there. And this is actually his university radio name. His, his name is Court Jensen. Uh, he was doing stuff at Northwest Missouri University and was doing this uh, kind of geek nerd style show. Uh, but he was known as DJ Man Cub apparently on his show. And that's what he has chosen. So welcome to the Neverlanders. You are officially Lost Boy DJ Man Cub. Now, something else I want to get into that's very, very important. This Saturday, 10.30 a.m., Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City. That will be the panel for anyone who wants to meet me. Uh, Eric, unfortunately, is unable to get a flight to come out to Planet Comic Con, so he's not going to be able to join me. But I'm working on getting things set up for where Lost Boy Philip will be coming with me to do this panel, and we're going to talk about all of the animators that worked at Laughagram Studio with Walt and what they did after they left Laughagram. Some of them stayed and worked with Walt. Some of them did other things. Uh, it's very, very interesting. I've been doing a lot of research, and uh, I even shared some of my notes with Jim Corcus and get any additional information that he could share, uh, which I've gotten an email from him with a lot of new information that I'm going to be adding to my notes. So this is going to be a lot of information to be able to share, and hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm aiming for it to be a lot of fun, so... 
It's going to be a lot of good information, and if you're a fan of cartoons and you're coming to play in a Comic-Con, you're going to love this because I've got so much history of all these cartoon shorts that uh, we probably grew up on. I know I did. I know you probably did, too. But if you didn't, then uh, you're going to hear about some stuff that you're going to wish you grew up on because these are great cartoons. And now I have to remember to update the website and put him on the list. Uh, I got so many different things going on here that's it's. It, I'm having a heck of a time keeping things together. You know, starting with the new work and uh, wow. I and I tell you what, it was a rough week starting at this radio station because I want to do very well when I'm on air. But I, I boy, I have messed up nearly every day this week trying to do my second newscast. So I'm slowly getting the hang of things. We're getting it together, but it's been a mess. Uh, but this week we're only going to be hearing from me. So I have no co-host this week because Eric has some, you know, see, so has some things he's got to take care of. He's got some business to deal with this week. And uh, Lost Boy Philip is still recovering from all of his uh, his medical procedures. Uh, that maybe if he wants to share them sometime, he will. Um, but yeah, he's getting over that. And so I'm on my own again this week. But don't worry, we still have a great show. I have lots of audio that I have yet to share from previous Planet Comic Cons. Uh, and I have audio from Alan Tudyk that I don't believe I have ever shared with you all. So I'm going to share it this week. Uh, lots of great guests are going to be at Planet Comic Con this coming a week. I don't know that everybody's going to have a panel uh, because Belle herself, Paige O'Hara, I just saw was going to be at Planet Comic Con, but it doesn't look like she's hosting a panel. She's doing an autograph session and stuff like that, but oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm going to go try it and meet her. And there, I mean, so many others. There's going to be uh, Chris Sarandon with Carrie Elways and Wallace Shawn, and yeah, at least two of those people have been in Disney or Pixar films. Uh, they're having some sort of panel on Princess Bride, I think, on Sunday. I don't know if I'll be able to go on Sunday, because I'm mainly scheduled for Saturday, so we'll see how that works out. Plus, Sunday is usually the day I put the show together. Uh, but I've got so many different things going on all at once, and I have a lot of news that I want to cover, uh, so I better just get right after it. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, so the first thing I want to get into is Frozen. I guess it just opened on Broadway, and it was it was kind of a special night. Uh, but apparently, this was like on Friday night, and uh, they had a curtain call, uh, and they have uh, Cassie Levy, I, Levy, I guess, and Patty Murin, who uh, play uh, Elsa and Anna. They invited Susan Egan on stage to sing the theme song Beauty and the Beast because this was actually 25 years ago when Beauty and the Beast debuted on Broadway. And Susan Egan played Belle in the original production. You might also know Susan Egan for having played uh, in Hercules. She was Megira or Meg and did actually my favorite song in that film. Uh, so this was kind of a special thing. There is some video up on YouTube uh, where it's not good quality video. Somebody held their phone the wrong direction, right? So, But there is some video up on YouTube that I did see about uh, this whole thing. 
But uh, here's from the area of I am not surprised. I got a report from the OC Register that all three of the Disneyland hotels actually are sold out for the night before Galaxy's Edge is going to open. So apparently you open a Star Wars park and uh, everybody is going to show up. Now, this they, they mention, of course, uh, the, the View Club and Suite Level Rooms in Disneyland Hotel, the Disney's Grand Californian Hotel, and the Disney's Paradise Pier Heart Hotel all being sold out. And that's, of course, on the night of May 30th, because May 31st is when Galaxy's Edge is going to open. Uh, so, I mean, they're just completely booked. And they're expensive per night. And we're talking, the, like, the Disneyland Hotel is $651 per night, and the Grand California is at $821 per night, according to the Disneyland website. So people are paying a lot of money. Paradise Pier, $503 per night. Uh, that's even up through June 1st. I mean, so the, people are paying a lot to get into these rooms to be some of the first people to experience Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. And I can't say that I'd blame them. I would, I would do the same thing, except for uh, I do have that thought in my head that it's going to be super crowded that first weekend that you won't get a chance to really do anything. But, you know, there's there's the mindset of I have to be there on opening day. And I completely get it. I, I understand that entirely. I just, I wouldn't do it myself. Now, there's also something new. Uh, I, I think this has been brought up before on the show, but we're getting a little bit more information. This is something that's, uh, it's, uh, I got this from the Disney Parks blog, but uh, basically it's the new Worldwide Engineering Brigade at Disneyland Resort and Disneyland Parents. Now this is, we spoke about this before, this is like a, the Avengers initiative sort of thing going on at the parks where you get to do some stuff with some neat technology where you, in a way, you get to suit up and play as a superhero in, in some fashion. And they have released some uh, images here of Spider-Man. Uh, now this, the suit though here for Spider-Man, it looks similar to the Stark suit we've been seeing in Homecoming, but yet a little different. So I, I, I'm sure it's supposed to be sort of an in-universe for the film. Uh, but they're calling this web, all in capital letters. And uh, let me just read to you a little bit of this. Uh, it says the Avengers are setting up new headquarters and training facilities around the globe to inspire all potential recruits willing to step up and become something more. As part of this global initiative, Tony Stark has founded the Worldwide Engineering Brigade, or WEB for short, to develop advancements in superpowered technology, including new enhancements to Spider-Man's suit as their debut project. By bringing together the world's brightest young adventures, the WEB is creating new interfaces that will empower all of us to join the ranks of Earth's mightiest. Now, if this is setting up something where you sort of get to play as Spider-Man, uh, and I'll even quote the author of this article on the Disney Parks blog, says, I'm personally excited, most excited to see Spider-Man swinging through these lands in a new suit that you can see now at Walt Disney Studios Park, soon at Disney California Adventure Park, and at other locations in the future. We were thrilled to partner with Ryan Mirner, Miner, I'm sorry, I had to say that, but he's head of visual development at Marvel Studios to create the stunning new suit. And uh, like I said, it does look a lot like the Stark suit, but it's different, and it's very, very cool looking. But I, I'm trying to figure out, I mean, are they going to let you kind of swing around and pretend to be Spider-Man with some sort of a tech? Uh, it's really confusing exactly what this is going to be, but it seems like it's a virtual experience of some sort. So I, I would be excited about that. Uh, that would be, sounds like a lot of fun, you know, getting to go and uh, pretend to be web-slinging Spider-Man. I mean, obviously, that's something I'd be interested in doing. Uh, previously, we've also talked about the pop-up Disney experience, which is part of a Mickey celebration that's opening April 26th over at the Downtown Disney District and Disneyland Resort. Well, the tickets are now on sale. 
They start at $30, and that includes five hours of parking. And this is where you basically get photo ops, and they have, uh, I think it's basically an artwork kind of showing what this would be like, but you get to place yourself where you look like you're inside of a cartoon with these, you know, sort of cutouts or whatever. Uh, there's an image here of Plane Crazy where you're riding in the plane with Mickey Mouse. Uh, so there's lots of little different merchandise, a lot of different photo opportunities, and a lot of just different fun celebrating Mickey. There's even some food. There's Wetzel's Pretzels, Naples Restaurant and Bar. I mean, stuff to do around downtown Disney and Disneyland to go around with this pop-up Disney. This is really would be a lot of fun. There's something I actually would like to do. Uh, it kind of goes on while supplies last, but tickets are available right now to go and do this experience, and I highly recommend you check it out if you're going to be in the area. Now, we've also gotten a look about a, a book called Black Spire, for, and it's written for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. There's Basically, they're tying some story into this part of the park. So there's a book by Delilah S. Dawson. Uh, she's a New York Times bestselling author, but she's written a book... And let me read some of the description from the Disney Parks blog. The story begins with General Leia Organa and her top spy, Vi Marathi. After devastating losses at the hands of the First Order, Organa has dispatched her agents across the galaxy in search of allies, sanctuary, and firepower. And Vi may have just found all three on a secluded world at the galaxy's edge. A planet of lush forests, precarious mountains, and towering petrified trees, Batu is on the furthest possible frontier of the galactic map, the last settled world before the mysterious expanse of wild space. The rogues, smugglers, and adventurers who eke out a living on the largest settlement on the planet, Black Spire Outpost, are here to avoid prying eyes and unnecessary complications. Why, a resistance spy on the run from the First Order is hardly a welcome guest, and when a shuttle full of stormtroopers lands in her wake, determined to root her out, she has no idea where to find help. Uh, and that's pretty much what this book is about. It's going to be released August 27th, but you can pre-order it uh, uh, right now. Uh, and of course, this is, you know, the, this is opening on March 29th in, uh, in Florida. May 31st, of course, is the opening date. We already talked about that, but March, August 29th. So this is kind of tying into where uh, it's closer to the opening in Florida of Galaxy's Edge. Uh, but this is telling some of the story. Now, I, I don't know if the story is somehow or another going to take place in the park or you just you're going to be in an area where this story is set. Uh, I'm kind of wondering how they're setting that up, but it is kind of nice that they're tying this together with a novel that I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to read, really. Now this is some interesting stuff. This is this is a milestone type of event. This is something that's kind of a, a standard around Disney and probably in other theme parks. But the cast members and the project teams that are building a roller coaster or an attraction will will sign their name onto the, the first steel support column for a new attraction. And we had a ceremony apparently earlier this month for the Tron ride the light cycle roller coaster and there's photos on the disney parks blog of some of the people working on the ride signing their name to the first steel post so this is expected to come by 2021 so we got a while before this uh, is going to be ready but it, well it's supposed to be in time at least for the 50th anniversary i'm hoping they actually have it open sooner than 2021 i'm not sure how long it's going to take to build this but we'll have it by 2021 so at least we have that you know as a promise, at least, you know, in a couple years. I'm hoping they'll have the ride ready in 2020, but we'll see. But uh, another thing that's uh, been going around the internet, there's the Disney Walk Around the World Bricks. 
over at the uh, Magic Kingdom Park. And this is this is part of a, an arrival thing. But there's these little kind of hexagonal bricks that people could could buy their way into into having a brick that would have their name on it or celebrating an anniversary and it would have the date of it. Uh, so they're all going to go away. They're going to take them away, but uh, they're going to retire them in the coming months. But they, you know, these bricks, it says, that were sold with the commitment that they would be displayed until 2011. And since the, the bricks were not designed to be removed individually, they will not be available to take home. Instead, guests who sponsored a brick may purchase a commemorative version between now and August 31st, 2019. So if you sponsored a brick and you want a souvenir, if you're in person, you got to go over to City Hall at the Magic Kingdom Park or at Guest Relations at Disney Springs, verify your brick. Share your name your hotel, and your hometown of, of the guests who sponsored it. After they verified you, you'll give a one-time you'll get a one-time voucher to present by or before August 31st at Tomorrowland Light and Power at the Magic Kingdom Park. Separate theme park admission is required, or the Marketplace Co-op at Disney Springs, enabling you to purchase a, it's like a six-inch brick at special price of ten dollars. Now, if you want to contact virtually, you're going to send an email to guest.services at disneyworld.com. Or call 407-828-2701 with the name and hometown of whoever sponsored the brick. And after you're verified, you'll be getting a code. And you use that code before August 31st on ShopDisney.com and you can purchase your brick at the special price of $10 plus tax and shipping. So this is a one-time use code and it's only valid at ShopDisney.com. You can't redeem it in person or at any other location. If you did not participate... And the Disney's Walk Around the World program, but you want to purchase a, a brick, souvenir bricks are going to be available to customize and purchase starting at $29.99 plus tax and optional shipping. These are on sale actually now at Tomorrowland Light and Power Company at the Magic Kingdom Park. There was, of course, you have to pay for your, your parking mission, or at the Marketplace Co op at Disney Springs, or later it's going to be on shopdisney.com starting this spring, which spring has sprung. So take a look and you might find out something about that. So uh, I kind of missed out on these. Uh, I, I was wondering if this was something that also in front of Epcot, because don't they have some sponsored bricks in front of Epcot? Uh, I can't remember offhand, but. Uh, I don't remember necessarily seeing these at Magic Kingdom. Maybe I should have uh, paid attention when I was walking in, but I wasn't really looking at the ground so much when I was at Magic Kingdom. I was pretty enamored with that castle up ahead of me. But Epcot is actually going to get uh, a new on-screen experience. Now, this is called Awesome Planet, and it's going to showcase some of the, the different things about planet Earth. Uh, and it's going to be part of the new Circle Vision film, which was announced for the China Pavilion. Uh, there's going to be updates to the film in Canada Pavilion and, of course, the Beauty and the Beast sing-along that's coming into the France area. Uh, so there's a lot of things happening at Epcot, and there's going to be something new coming along. Uh, I mean, this is basically nature photography, immersive in-theater effects, space sequences created by Industrial Light and Magic. So, of course, awesome. Uh, and Epcot guests, we're going to get to get an environmental message from this. Uh, and you'll hear a lot more news on this in the coming thing. But all we know is this film is coming. Uh, looks to be in connection with, with a, a circle vision type of thing. So it's called Awesome Planet. And it does show, at least, that Epcot is still going to have, uh, like, an educational feel to things. So uh, I definitely appreciate that. Now, uh, we are a month away from Free Comic Book Day. 2019, and it always happens early on in May. It's like the uh, right now we're looking at May 4th. It's usually like that first Saturday. Now that's kind of fun. It's May the 4th. 
because that's Star Wars Day. I actually know some people getting married on Star Wars Day out in St. Louis, uh, but I'll be, of course, doing Free Comic Book Day because that is like one of my favorite holidays. This is where there's like 51 comic titles that are going to be free. And I did find a list on freecomicbookday.com of some of the different comics. Uh, and some of the ones that you might be interested in, well, heck, there's a, a Buffy Firefly crossover thing going on. And usually these are in promotion of new series. Uh, there's a Riverdale Dare series. Stranger Things is going to have a comic book. Uh, there's going to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book. I'm probably going to grab that one. Uh, there will be a Earth's Mightiest Heroes Avengers. Uh, this is going to feature a story by Jason Aaron and Stefano Caselli. Sets the stage next of some of the main Avengers series just in time for Marvel's highly anticipated movie, Avengers Endgame, with an all-new thrilling 10-page tale from Gary Duggan and Mike Diodato, which, of course, is going to be awesome. And you're going to see the Savage Avengers in that 10-page story. There will be, of course, a Doctor Who. There is a Disney's Descendants. Uh, the main thing, of course, there's a Pokemon. Uh, I want to scroll that back down here. I uh, I've, I heard a little bit about this uh, on a YouTube that Marvel released a video. Uh, oh, it looks like there's going to be some Incredibles 2 stuff in a Minecraft thing. There's something about Incredibles 2 stuck down in the bottom of a Minecraft thing you might want to look into. Uh, but there was going to be sort of a Spider-Man tie-in. They're going to launch a... Um, well, an event, basically. There will be a Star Wars Adventures comic, but that's IDW. Is not uh, a Marvel, but the Star Wars Adventures are childlike versions of things. They're usually pretty fun. Uh, but there is a Spider-Man. Uh, this is beginning or connecting to something. Um, I think they're calling it Absolute Carnage. Uh, but basically, it's, it's almost a sequel to Maximum Carnage. Cletus Cassidy is back. And let me just read for you what it says here. It says, everyone knows Miles Morales, who rose to fame in Marvel's acclaimed and animated sensation into the Spider-Verse. And with a second feature film arriving this year, Peter Parker will once again suit up to save the world in his web-slinging superpowers. In a special free comic book day story, creators Tom Taylor, Saladin Ahmed, and Corey Smith take these superstar heroes of the Spider-Verse in a shocking new direction with a story that will build to one of Marvel's most fantastic and epic tales later this year. And prepare for absolute terror within the pages of Free Comic Book Day as an original Venom story by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman sets the stage for what will become one of the most fearsome events in the Marvel Universe. Nearly a year after the epic red-hot arc of the Red Goblin, Venom's dynamic creative team is bringing you a story that's been brewing since a classic Spider-Man tales like Amazing Spider-Man number 252, The Spectacular Spider-Man 90, Marvel Team-Up 141, a saga so big and so absolutely action-packed, it will deliver the most dramatic story in all free comic book day history. Fans will be well aware by the summer of 2019 that everyone is a target, and the first Saturday in May, Marvel invites you to experience the threat for yourself. Now, what they were talking about, what one of the writers was on YouTube, if you go to the Marvel's uh, official YouTube, Cletus Cassidy is back as Carnage, and he's targeting anybody that has ever had a symbiote, which apparently is a lot of stuff. They've been developing, I guess, stuff in the Venom comics, which I have not been reading, where the symbiotes are actually connected to a lot more people than you would think. And so Carnage is coming back. The weird thing is Carnage usually doesn't have a plan. He's just pure anarchy. He just wants to go and have wholesale slaughter, which basically puts everybody in danger right there. Uh, this 
unless it's different, it sounds a lot like the old Maximum Carnage storyline, which eventually did spawn a Super Nintendo game. And I did collect that entire series. Uh, so this reminds me of that. I'm sure it'll be different from that in some way, somehow. But uh, I want to see what they do. This could be something, because I do enjoy uh, some Carnage stories. I haven't read anything with him in it in, uh, well, it's been a long time. One last piece of news I want to get to. Uh, they started talking to an actor named Noah Centennio to play He-Man in that Masters of the Universe film. Now, looking at a picture of this guy, I have never seen him before in my life. But Sony Pictures and Mattel Films is getting together to make this film, and uh, Adam and Aaron Nee are going to direct this film. Uh, so, of course, it's, it's based more on the Tory line, so this may be... I mean, they might pull some elements from the animated series. Who knows? They might go from some of the original concepts of the toys, which is kind of what the previous Masters of the Universe film did. Uh, so, we're not sure exactly what to expect other than it's a He-Man film. And this guy, he needs to bulk up. Uh, I've seen people posting to Facebook some images of this actor, and he's kind of thin, but I do recall Brandon Routh, before he was playing Superman, when he was first cast, was a little on the thin side, and he really needed to bulk up, and he did. Uh, So, we'll see what happens with this actor. Uh, Now, one other thing I want to dive into, of course, was this week, the merger was finalized on Wednesday between Disney and 21st Century Fox. And Laughing Place actually made a list of some of the things that Disney now owns, uh, which is stuff like Family Guy, because it's on the Fox Network. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, that's something I don't see Disney do anything with, with at any point, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on a Fox Network. Would be interesting if they did something with that, or Futurama. But here's something, Young Frankenstein. Now, of course, I wouldn't want them to reboot Young Frankenstein, but that's interesting. Home Alone was a Fox release, but here's something I think something could happen with this. Alien, the Alien franchise. So, right now, you know, the great movie ride is gone, so we don't have any sort of nod to Aliens at all. But what if Alien Counter came back? Because it, it looks like Stitch's Great Escape might be on its way out. And the original intention between behind the Alien Encounter was supposed to be a tie-in to the Alien franchise, but they weren't really able to do that. So is it possible that even in the Magic Kingdom, where maybe something like this doesn't fit, uh, but they might do an Alien Encounter that would actually have a Xenomorph? Uh, who knows? This also gives them connection to Planet of the Apes and X-Files. And here's something, The Sound of Music, which I don't think they could really remake, but... Well, you know, maybe they could do a re-release or maybe maybe bring some elements into the parks, something, you know, I don't know. Obviously, this does also give them Avatar, which, you know, they're already doing stuff in the parks, but they have now rights on Avatar. They also have uh, the rights of Die Hard. I don't see anything happening in the parks with Die Hard. But, I don't know, maybe maybe they could start showing them on some of the uh, Freeform channels. This also gives them, of course, rights to Deadpool and the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, which I would like to see what they do, bringing them into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I think they could possibly tone down Deadpool if they want to bring him into the MCU, but it is also very possible that they'll just keep making those under the Fox banner and keep Deadpool far away from the MCU as they can. Because uh, I, I don't, they, they've they've really kept the MCU very much PG-13. Deadpool doesn't. Deadpool can be PG-13, but right now they've already built a fan, fan base on him being an R, and I can see a lot of people being upset if they try to tone down Deadpool. So I don't anticipate seeing him being part of the MCU. They probably keep Deadpool separate. I don't know, though, for sure. 
but also this gives Disney full rights to the initial Star Wars trilogy, which means they could release these films on Blu-ray Digital in their original forms. It's very possible that this could happen, and I would like to see it happen. So, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, This also gives Anastasia, remember that animated film, and now there's a Broadway version, where Anastasia was, uh, I I think it was a Don Bluth work. Uh, But, you know, getting a little Disney backing to Anastasia could be very much a good thing. We could see a lot of things happen with that. Uh, But also, Firefly was a Fox property. So Disney now has acquired Firefly. Maybe they'll find a way to, uh, you know, there's been talked about that they were going to bring it back. Maybe Disney will put some effort into bringing Firefly back in some fashion. And I'm sure everybody would be very happy with that when you didn't have a very good cast down there. Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk, uh, I mean, Summer Glau. I mean, there were so many good people in that series. Uh, so, you know, there, there was talk that they were going to try to reboot this franchise somehow, bring in like a different series, like a prequel series. Uh, Disney would actually be really great at doing such a thing like that. But I, speaking of Alan Tudyk, uh, I'm going to turn this over to the panel that Alan Tudyk had at Planet Comic Con uh, this past year. Uh, I did try to get in line to ask a question, but I was unable to get up there. Uh, I don't recall if there was any language in this panel, and I don't have time to edit it, so I'm just going to play it for you in its full, and uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. He's a very funny guy. He did a lot of goofy things, like uh, giving weird prizes to anyone who asked him a question. Uh, And I don't believe I've played this audio before, but even if I have, I'm sure you're not going to mind hearing it again. But enough talking from me. Make sure you come see it to Planet Comic Con this week coming weekend so you can come see the show that we present plus all the fun stuff that's going to happen and also enjoy things like alan tudyk to disney and beyond Some tips. <laughs> and really, just 
tell, like, had this conversation with him, like, all right, here's what you need to do. Uh, like, yeah. really, he's like, so we're going to do this, with this going to be motion capture, and, you know, we're not sure how much it's going to be in the face and stuff. And, like, you know, whatever it is, just know what it is when you start. Don't kind of second guess it. Figure it out from the top. Know how it moves because you're gonna want you're gonna want that. You're gonna need to figure out your own uh, vocabulary of movement with any uh, robot. Um, and just I forget all the tips I gave it. <laughs> they were obviously very helpful. No, I mean yeah, kind of uh, in that. So then I met him. I, I put in an audition. I auditioned. Uh, with a scene that didn't make it into the movie, or it was never even shot, where we go to a planet where the uh, magnetic field screws with K2SO's, uh, I don't know, his programming to where uh, he, he starts out talking very fast and then, really sort of jump through hoops. Uh -huh. And then they said he'd like to meet you at uh, Anaheim Star Wars Celebration. And I went and sat down. And uh, that's when he told me, I've ma I made a short film about robots. We're robots. <laughs> oh, so you know how to do it. Like, so what the, what was the, I was, and he's just like, do you want to do it? What? <laughs> yeah. And to be in that environment, like at Star Wars Celebration, and just to be yeah. like, you now? Yeah. And like, there's Star Wars Celebrations happening all around, you know, all around us. And I was like in some conference room where nothing's going on. <laughs> showing me that's what the Ewing's gonna look like, that's what that's gonna look like, and all this stuff that I knew, either he'd have to kill me, um, or give me the role, because uh, I knew way too much. After so many years in the business, that's such an incredible story, to right? just, yeah, to just have that moment. And My manager, I left, and she said, so what, how was it? And I said, I think I was cast. <laughs> I'm so glad you weren't in a wheelchair. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing for you, Claire. <laughs> I see him sitting on the ground. <laughs> I wanted to know what was your favorite scene from Con Man. Hey, from Con Man. My favorite scene from Con Man. I've got a couple, okay, so I'll just do it real fast. The first one is going to be one with Milo Ventimiglia, who we did, and uh, Nolan North, who's a great uh, voiceover actor and motion capture actor and actor actor. Uh, he played uh, Jerry Lansing, the second best motion capture artist in the world, uh, <laughs> with a huge chip on his shoulder about Andy Serkis. Um, he plays monkeys. <laughs> um, and we were all doing a video game, and that was, it was echoed what happened in real life doing Halo with Nathan Fillion, where he did, we, we came to, I, was, I recorded mine in New York, he did in LA, we came together, I was like, man, Halo, what, what was that like? And he goes, oh, you know, there's all that stuff about it. like, follow me, I got him on the run. Um, <laughs> taste my fire, or whatever it is. <laughs> and then mine were, ow! <laughs> They're using real bullets. <laughs> season two, who was the, uh, an early stuntman for women. He was a lady stuntman. Uh, and he's, he's gotten old and senile, and he wears dresses from the days when he was the most macho person. Uh, he did the most amazing things. And he comes and he sits down, and I've been eating salsa and chips, and he sits down and he's like, telling me about 
you gotta, you gotta embrace pain. Pain is, you know, that makes you a man. I'm like, your, your balls are in the salsa. <laughs> sitting on the coffee table.
as much as possible. Uh, do anything. Like when I first started, I, uh, I, like any, anything anybody ever asked me to, like, can you do a reading? Can you do a thing? Can you just read stage directions for something? And I would always say yes. And one was like, you know, it's like you're, you're up there taking pitches if you know baseball, which I don't, but evidently they throw balls at you when you hit them with a stick. So it's like, you know, you're trying to get as many pitches as possible, and you might make contact at a certain point. And I did, where I, I got invited to a workshop of a play one summer and in New York and went to do the workshop and I got up and I'm like, hey, why don't you be in this other workshop too? And then I met a bunch of playwrights and directors and then they said, why don't you be in this play? And then with that, I built, I just, that was my first brick in a stairwall. It's, 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 it's a complicated, uh, yeah. shot where right is 
was kissing the princess and everything's happening. They come back to the group of us and I say, I bought a ship. before the second one, like we were trying, we were playing. Like it was all there. Yeah, and he had a really cool thing about this rowing, a guy with his mouth sewn shut, his tongue, no, his tongue was cut out, his eyes were sewn shut, his ears were sewn shut, and he had this intricate tattoo on his back, and we were like, we, our ship's been taken over, and we're just in the hull rowing, that's how like, this has not worked out well for us. And every time, all I had to do, I had, I'm just looking at this map, we figure it out, it's a map, like it's a tattoo. And it's like, oh, that looks like the, those islands. And wait a second, this is a map. And uh, every time the guy gets whipped, pieces of the map disappear. <laughs> ah, give it to me. No, it's not him. He's, he's complete innocent, right here. And then we take over the ship and we go on. Yeah. So that's as much of the movie as exists. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't given you anything, have I? Um, oh, here's the thing. This is a. Oh, this is a good one. It's a Superman. It's a Superman. I can't really tell. There's an S on there, and then there's like a lot of pow bam bam pals. <laughs> on there. I don't remember where that came from. There you go. Thank you. Hi. All right. My question is actually about Dirk Gently. <laughs> Uh, it's harder playing bad guy. I played the bad guy in Dollhouse in Dollhouse. Uh, but he was kind of funny. He, you know, he was, he, and I guess this guy in Dirk Jelly was a little funny. Um, kind of. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, when you have a gun, it's easy. So you're like, I'm bad, and then you have a big gun, and you're like, that takes care of that. <laughs> I don't have to act at all. Um, but yeah, it, it, what a crazy show. Uh, do y'all know that show? Do anybody know that show? It's a great actor, really good actors in that. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was wild. It's canceled now, so there's two seasons of that on BBC America, which you can get somewhere. Uh, I play Mr. Priest. Yeah, Mr. Priest, the second season of the second season. So we'll never know what happened with Mr. Priest. Uh, and that's okay. Look, here is, you're the perfect person to get this. Oh, this is a nice one. Yeah. If you worked on Dirk Jimmy, they gave you one of these. I don't use it. Maybe you will. There you go. Yeah, enjoy. Cheers, yeah. Is going back. Um, <laughs> of all your sets, it doesn't seem like it would be the most pranky. Of all, is it? of all the different shows and sets you've been on. Well, we were young. I think Heath Ledger was 20, and I think he turned 21 while we were there, or something like that. I remember him being like, how old are you? Jesus. <laughs> um, 
God, I just remember going to really cool castles. We did it in Prague for five months, so we were, you know, we had a really good time. Um, I, I remember Heath Ledger, <laughs> he had a dagger. Oh, you know what? Yeah, he used to play pranks on this one producer. <laughs> oh, what is his name? He still works uh, a lot. He's a big producer. <laughs>
he's a, uh, he was a butler, and he loved cheese, and uh, he helped raise the girls, and he loved this worm cheese, and uh, which is a real thing I found out there. It's it's cheese that has worms in it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, yeah, that's how they anyway. Um, they eat it, and then the keeps good, and then that's how it mixes. So he loved that stuff. Um, um, and then they, in the process, the way they do movies is so you'll record it and then they'll put it all up, they'll, you know, animate it very roughly and then go, oh, well, we can't have that guy. The, the butler's got to go because now the kids are being raised by somebody and they can't have any nurturing, you know, uh, person in their life because they're all alone. That's part of the deal. And so they go, you know what? Hey, we had this other guy, Duco Wesselton. Would you want to play him? And it's like just being part of the process and getting to see that. And you'll still see this butler in there. He doesn't say anything now. He opens a door at one point. Um, that's about it. Um, so just being part of that, being part of that family. I go to that uh, studio now, and the guards are like, hey, good to see It's a great process. You can you can get them to do things. You know you can either say lines that aren't there. You know ad lib that they'll then do it. King Candy was good on on sounds because he could just be on it's wonderful and then 
And so then you'd see that animated, <laughs> whatever noise they would go with it. This is not a comic book. This is a Smith & Noble custom window treatment. <laughs> I will take my address off of that. Disney movies. I know that a lot of you have. Everybody's got one growing up. What was yours? Oh yeah, I mean, so many. Even now, my, I have watched Frozen no less than like. Really? I have kids, so I've seen it like one hundred and fifty thousand times. So you've let it go a lot in your house. You don't want to let it go. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, there, it's an iconic brand, and it's just associated with like good feelings. I think. Yeah, I, I, a Little Mermaid. I got way like, a little too much in the Little Mermaid when I was 17. <laughs> you know what? I still, when I have to do a French voice, a uh, French accent, uh, I'll do a little Les Poissons. Les Poissons. Les Poissons. Can't figure out how to open that. Alright, so I'm just gonna sign this package. It sucks. Here, let me, let me work on that. Got it? There we go. Um, no idea what this is. It has something to do with Star Wars. Oh, it says... Sh no, this is Shadow War? This, is, this looks like a good one, though. Close enough, right? It's not a gift bag that I got from someone. <laughs> I might be in this, I don't know. It's a journal. Write your feelings in there. Would there be a con man season four? <laughs> we're going to only wrap a season we gotta three. We got to go with three. Yeah. We're going to jump. That'd be fun. Jump two. Or three. Jump three and go to four. Um, uh, there, um, you know, we don't know. We don't have the, uh, no, that's, that's mine. Um, uh, <laughs> it's me with uh, um, uh, Kate to a so like arm. A yeah, it's a mashup. Kate to a so arm. And then this is uh, Duke Weaselton uh, from Zootopia. <laughs> King Candy, Bacock! <laughs> and then my face. <laughs> um, I would like, I definitely, there's a lot more uh, scripts to be written for um, uh, Con Man. It's a rich world, as y'all all know, the world of cons. Um, I'm just gonna fish around in this bag until I find some. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you like coffee beans or tea leaves. <laughs> I'm talking coffee bean and tea leaf. You got a you got a Columbia blend right here. We're going south of the border, and then we keep going south over. Convent, what was it like to wear so many hats? I mean, you were literally doing everything. It feels like at least that 
first season. Yeah, it was nuts. The first the first season, I wrote it all, and then actually we shot first the first season, and then I went to go do Star Wars. So I was editing while I was doing Star Wars, which uh, I hadn't done before. I hadn't done any game before. Um, it was a lot. I mean, I just had like a thousand yard stare a lot of the times. Yeah. Just like figuring I'm here, I'm there, I'm, yeah. Uh, I can't believe, like I saw some notes the way that I was working when I did Star Wars. I'd work all day and then at night, uh, watch the edit as it was going, they'd have sent me the edit, and then I would write down, change this, change this, this is too short, this is too long, cut to this, blah, blah, blah. Send all those notes over, do it till two in the morning, go to sleep, wake up, do Star Wars. Around uh, lunchtime, I would start to get notes trickling in back, responses, yeah, we'll figure that out, we'll figure that out. And when I got done, they would have done the changes, and then I'd start editing again. Wow. That's stupid. That's crazy. <laughs> France with my wife. I went to Paris. She was visiting, and um, I was like, "Well, I can do this anywhere." We went to Paris, so we went to Paris. It was just a close, but stay up till five in the morning while she slept. Yeah, I love Paris. Yeah, it's okay. Hi. Um, uh, hi. Um, this this goes to you. Who asked me the question? No, that was me. <laughs> Did that? It, you know, the thing wasn't running, obviously. <laughs> um, 
and uh, then was just some dummy legs that was just like a mannequin. And that was almost more fun because it became like a, a clown bit. And then they just shot a bunch of blood in my face. <laughs> Insane. It was so insane. Tyler and I would finish that those days because we had, we did so much and we would uh, go back in the van and just what did we do? <laughs> oh right, we did that one scene. Was that good? Was that the morning? I don't know if we did that. I don't know if that was any good. Oh, I liked what we did in that one. That one might work out. So we really didn't know what, if it was going to work at the end of the day until we saw the first compilation, um, or the first what is it called? The first assemblage, and. Uh, got really excited about it. And then they didn't really release it over here. They released it just like here, there, here, there. It was, uh, yeah. I hope, hopefully we'll figure out how to do a second one. Um, uh, this is uh, Spectrum, the first uh, uh, comic again. Oh wait, PJ Harsman signed this one too. So it's me and Nathan and PJ Harsman. decision story behind that of like where they're like we want you to be Maui and you're like no I'm gonna be the chicken <laughs> well they wanted they cast primarily 99% uh, islanders you know people from you know who are supposed to be casting for those roles but the chicken <laughs> yeah fair game man So yeah, I got, they, John Lasseter, uh, who created the company, is just very generous and a great guy. Um, I remember just saying, we got a good role for you. We got a good role. <laughs> There's only like eight people in the whole cast, so it's a little tricky. But uh, so I played Hey Hey, and I did actually play an Islander. I played the guy who wanted to eat me. <laughs> chicken. And then I also play a guy getting tat a tattoo. Because I just go, oh, Alan's a whiner. Get to that dinner. This is more Star Wars adventure-y stuff. Uh, comics written by me. That's so ridiculous. Silly. Uh, but yeah. There you go. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, how's it going? Hey there. Hey. Hey, Ellen, you have such a, like, a wide range as far as acting. You're so talented everything you've done as far as my concern, like voice acting and uh, acting in general. Um, is there anybody you looked up to growing up oh, when you started out? Yeah. My favorite was uh, um, uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> I have as I've gotten older. It's kind of it's crappy. <laughs> That's when you don't want it. Uh, yeah. Nobody wants it. Anyway, if you have it, it's, there's very few of us in the world. Um, it looks very pretty on, on the ladies, but on boys, you're like, I wear a t-shirt in the pool. <laughs> a lot of girls going, you're cute, you're just not. Uh, anyway. Um, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Just down, yeah, I just went down a rabbit hole. Um, Gene Wilder, because I also love Mel Brooks. Mm. Really? Mm. Yeah, 
is simple vaudevillian. I mean, uh, you know, the show shows, the old, I, I watched a lot of those before YouTube existed, before the internet. Uh, Museum of Radio and History in New York and watch a bunch of old, old shows. Uh, it's a cool place to go. And now I think you just get them all on YouTube. But in, in, um, uh, in Young Frankenstein, so I'll, I'll bother my wife with this all the time, so I'm going to bother y'all with it. The best, I think, one of the best moments in that whole thing is the dumb bit. It's such a stupid bit, it's so simple. Where he says, Whatever you do, do not open this door. <laughs> and the monster is going to, you know, I, I, you will undo everything I have worked for up until this moment. Do not open this door. Then he goes in. Open the door. <laughs> Open the door. And for me, that is the dumbest and best joke of all. But he sets it up so well. Uh, okay, so I'm giving you... Oh, this is a good one. I actually bought this in Belize, if you can believe it. It is a fish decal. It's a sweet made by Salty Bones. No idea what he would use that for. Expensive than you would have thought. <laughs> for a big, uh, uh, fish decal. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. And hi. Hi. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, my favorite thing that you've been in is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And, <laughs> and I, I wanted to know what was your favorite like scene to shoot in that, like besides you know the wood chipper thing. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the scene we shot. Um, uh, and I, I think a, a lot of people told me uh, also it's that one where we come out from the wood chipper, chipper with half a guy and uh, the sheriff pulls up. And we're just so caught trying to explain ourselves. Tyler never drops the foot of the dead guy. The entire time we're talking to the cop, which is really brilliant. And so stupid. Let me do the talking. Okay. Go, Hello, officer. Hey! We, and he immediately starts talking. It was also a day when we got to work with the young, the, the, the college kids, because they were trapped in a truck, and we hadn't, our, it's kind of like two movies were happening. They were attacking us, and we were defending ourselves. Just, uh, so it was fun a lot of ways, and the sheriff with that damn piece of wood stuck in his head, and all those nails coming out. When he goes to the truck, he's like, I got this. Like, you can't, you're like, you're, you are walking dead right now. Um, oh, look at this. Beers at Boulevard? What is that? That's around here somewhere, I guess. Beer. Kansas City. Uh, it's a cozy. A koozie. Koozie. It's a cozy little koozie. Uh, here you are. Thank you for the question. That was my favorite. Us out there just trying to explain ourselves. Cheers. Thank Great you. Question. Hi. Hey. Hello. Uh, I'm, uh, as I'm sure we all are, a big Firefly fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my question would be, you know, after what happened in Serenity to our beloved Leaf on the Wind. Yeah, that's the same. 
involves a lot of sex. <laughs>
class act, like top tier fans here. Uh, we were discussing that in the green room. So, um, not a bunch of bullshit, true. Uh, uh, these are some Kleenex. Um, You had to go and cough. Right here. Oh, there, there, so. there are a couple of them missing. Um, I don't know where they went. But, uh, Thank you. Hi. 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 Um, I've been I've been thinking about this one a lot. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. No. True. Um, is your favorite color blue? No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, okay. So, uh, 2007 released a film. Uh, you might remember called Death at a Funeral. Oh yeah! That flick had two token Yankees. Yes. One of which was invited back to the 2010. Yes. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my question is, uh, do you hate Pete? And um, how did you feel about being? in the 50% of Americans that were not uh, invited back. You know what, I, I was not invited back. Uh, I had a meeting with the Screen Gems who, who were behind doing that, I forget the guy's name, he's very Clint something, it's very important. <laughs> it really is, just that. Clearly. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, super big. Super big guy. Uh, but they wanted James Marsden for my role. And I'm really glad that they didn't ask me because I would have fretted about it for a long time because it would be upsetting to me, like, why would you do this? Because they did it just a year later, remade the movie, it was ridiculous, with the same script. And just, I mean, like, like they transcribed our, you know, our uh, ad-libs and stuff and made, like, this is not the script. And uh, I would have said yes, ultimately. And I'm so glad I did, because that thanks. Thanks! Interesting side question. Um, Cyclops, uh, played by James that, that's a, Yeah, that, that makes perfect. Oh, I see. Cyclops, okay, yes. James Marsden, yes. What about him? Oh, that's just a side, just a side note. Yeah, Cyclops and... You should have been Cyclops. I should have been Cyclops. See, it comes full circle. They got some good shades. All right, now this is, uh... You know what? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I initialed the cookie. Uh, and the package. Uh, you're going to want to keep this for a long time. Please take it away or I'll eat it. I Thank you. If you're allergic yes. to nuts, enjoy that I'm cookie. That. We have time for one more question. Oh, just one more. It's up to you. Oh, my God. No pressure. No okay. pressure. I'll try and make it good. Okay, cool. All right, so Alpha. Alpha. From Alpha. Oh, from Dawes, yes. Is my favorite. So after Wash, where you were more jovial, how did it feel to get offered that role? And then also, would is there any Whedon role you would turn down? No, no Whedon role I would ever turn down. Uh, the, the way that I was offered that role was really brilliant. I was over at Nathan Fillion's house. He was having to do these Pictionary parties. And Joss was there. And uh, we were in the kitchen. And he was saying, oh, I asked him, I, I asked him how Dollhouse was going. And it hadn't been on the air yet. And he said, 
oh, it's great. There's this great character. And he describes, describes him to me. He's got 40 something personalities, they're downloaded into his brain, they're not just personalities, their entire life spans all, and he's made him crazy, and he flips between one and the other, and uh, I was like, who's playing that role? Oh my God! <laughs> Will you? So, uh, yeah, there is nothing I wouldn't do that that guy wrote. Uh, he's, he's a great guy, you know. It's so neat to still know him o over the years. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. No. Or it's, it's not common. It's, but the weak people stick together. Yeah, it's probably because of you guys that we do. I mean, really, it, 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 this world exists. It's not just... by the fans and by cons and uh, so thank you thank you for giving me Jocelyn <laughs> uh, this is another spectrum signed by all of us and the Star Wars thing signed by me so those are the last two things I got uh, there you are question because we don't want her waiting in line and not Gosh, get that. No. That would not be cool. Line should pay off. Thank you so much. Yeah. How do you feel like acting K2SO? <laughs> that's a good one. K2SO was a great deal of fun. Um, I got to be on stilts so I was like never stand on your own furniture this time. <laughs> So there was a guy that they, they gave, uh, that they, they assigned to me, who was supposed to stay right by me to catch me if I fell. <laughs> uh, but I had legs this long. I didn't want him hanging out near me because it made me feel like I needed training wheels. Which are good in the beginning, but you know, you'll get past that. Um, so I could take strides like that so he could never catch up with me. <laughs> X-wing fighters, everybody, all of those, all that makeup, like all those aliens, they were there, just, just deep background. There was a, there was a robot that was so big, I don't even think it made the movie. And, and there's like a little creature, like pulling it along. There was like a, a, a little person, and then there was, they're like, there's a guy in that. I was like, why was there a guy in that? And then Chess goes. <laughs> And this guy with no legs comes out. Hey! <laughs> cool. Like, he went into puppetry. They, like, yeah. made this for you. It was perfect, but I don't even think I saw it in the movie. Wow. Yeah. They got, they got brilliance to spare. That was a great oh, question. Yeah. Give you something. Dang it. Um, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Give me that other thing. Um, uh, you don't want coffee. Um, <laughs> oh. Me to give that. Here's a room to my. Here's a key to my room. <laughs> Here's another comic book that we all signed. I hope you like it. It's kind of adults. I mean, nobody, you know, anyway. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. 
Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions. And a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. (laughs) Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.